Welcome to the Outside Cast, sponsored by the Mortcast, sponsored by CSG, sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Moisey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, restriction, um, the big news yesterday was the governor said by July when the All-Star game is, is going to hit. Uh, by the way, craziness downtown, uh, particularly lower downtown when that, ha- when that happens. The All-Star game is going to be here in Colorado. So, uh, it's going to be nuts and restrictions, it looks like, will be completely gone by then because they're going to be allowing complete capacity on out on the course field. So, which is over 40-something thousand. So, keep that in mind, folks. Things are getting better. Get yourself vaccinated so we can make this all happen. Uh, Blanchard Family Wines should be your destination. Because, you know what? If you're going down there to watch the Rockies right now, if you're going, like, anywhere lower downtown, go to Blanchard Family Wines outside in the Dairy Block. Right now, there's still some restrictions on capacity, so you can go outside and enjoy the beautiful Colorado spring weather and get yourself uh, some great, great wine at uh, a, the, one of the best, if not the best, wine bar in Denver. 2017 Cabernet, my personal favorite. But they have loads of other wines, including Pinots, uh, Syrahs. Um, uh, they have some whites. They got some Rieslings. They got partnerships with Western Slope wineries, which you know give you some taste of Colorado. It really is a local Colorado business. They are also at bfwdenver.com. Get yourself a virtual wine tasting. Um, those are going to be pretty popular until restrictions are completely lifted. So uh, I'm going to be giving away, next podcast, I'm going to be giving away some uh, gift certificates for virtual wine tasting. So stay tuned for that. You'll be able to participate with that on Twitter. Go to bfwdenver.com to order yourself a bottle of 2017 Cabernet or whatever you choose. Uh, it does curbside delivery or, or shipment. Uh, at, at Blanchard Family Wines, and you can file, order those at bfwdenver.com. Once again, they're located between eight, 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast to send you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Outside Cast, where I answer your questions on Twitter. Um, this is episode number two of that. Um, it's kind of a loose thing, but I appreciated the response to the last one. In fact, the, the response to the last one was really, really good. I was really surprised. So let's keep this shit going, folks. Um, all right. This first question is from Sean, who answer, uh, asked a question last one about scotch. And I appreciated that uh, question there, Sean. Um, <clears throat> what do you, do the Cronkies need to see in the next year to willingly go into the luxury tax? Um, I'm going to be blunt. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. As far as uh, dipping into luxury tax goes with the Cronkies, uh, it has they have not done that since 2008, I believe, was the last year. Um, they dipped, dipped briefly into it in, in a subsequent year, but it was they, they got out of it really quickly, uh, and it really didn't affect their books. So this really would be they, what we're, you're talking about is true getting into the luxury tax territory. Post-2011 lockout. Okay, that has not happened since 2011. Ten, ten years. Okay. Oh, God, I can't believe it's been ten years since that lockout happened. Anyway, folks, this is, uh, this is an interesting, interesting question because the Nuggets are at a crossroads. 
mostly because they need to keep Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Now, they have a luxury, so to speak, where they don't really have to make that decision for the rest of this year and the rest of next year, particularly with Aaron Gordon. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is eligible for an uh, extension, rookie extension, as of this offseason. Uh, if I was the Nuggets, I would make that decision now. He is burning things up right now. It is unbelievable what Michael Porter Jr. is doing right now. I would, uh, if I was advising the Nuggets, I would do what it takes to keep him because you cannot let him go. Um, this is just this is just the way it is. They they obviously have because of restricted free agency. Well, their chances of keeping him are very good. But there is some incentive to not letting someone go onto restricted free agency and locking them up early. No one wants to repeat what happened with Gordon Hayward in Utah, where he was insulted by them making him going out and get to get a contract uh, that that they, that they had to match. So just keep that in mind, folks. Keep that in mind. Um, so well, it's going to be interesting to see what the Nuggets do, but that would affect the way they go into the luxury tax. This really is a, as, as Sean pointed out in his question, this is really is a Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke question. And uh, their willingness will be the first time in 10 years that they have, they will need to be able to go to show that they're willing to dip into the tax. Um, there have been reports that <clears throat> the Nuggets are willing to do that if, uh, you know, but they want to avoid the repeater tax, which is kind of like a, um, uh, <laughs> that's kind of like a way in the future question, it's a, it's a, or, or statement. Like no one really wants to hear you want that you want to avoid the repeater tax. I mean, who gives a fuck? I mean, honestly, and pardon my language, but this is about paying into the luxury tax to keep your your people. And I think, as far as I know, the Nuggets will be willing to do that to keep a contending roster. I don't think they need to see any more than what they've seen. And unless something freaky happens, I anticipate the Nuggets doing what it takes to keep their core four together, as it's been dubbed. Um, I prefer to call it the Thrive Five, but, you know, it's the core four. And um, they will they will be... And by the way, if I see anyone using Thrive Five on Twitter, I'll be like, I'll be like that guy standing in the corner with his fingers rubbing together, like, you know, you owe me royalties, that sort of thing. All right, anyway... Uh, kind of like Velcro, which never caught on. Um, that is basically what I say. I think the long story short, I think the Nuggets will do what it takes to go into the luxury tax to retain um, who they need to retain for a contending roster. So I don't think that's a question. And like I said, the whole the whole repeater tax thing is just ridiculous. That's not even something you have to worry about right now. So anyway, that's I uh, hope that answers your question, Sean. Alrighty, question number two. If I can. Load up my thing here. Okay. Um, this is from uh, Bringle, Mr. Bringle, on Twitter. Oh, what will playoff attendance capacity look like? If Denver makes a run, will it increase during the playoffs if COVID numbers improve? Um, it's going to be difficult on this one because of the timing. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just put it this way. It's harder to do this sort of thing with indoor capacity things. Uh, indoor is a lot different from outdoor. One of the reasons you're kind of able to do things like this with the Broncos and the, and the, uh, 
and the Rockies is because they're outdoor stadiums and transmissibility from what everything we have seen. And apparently this is what <clears throat> the governor has been talking about is like it's different. It's, it's a different bottle kettle of fish, so to speak, uh, than going indoors when you have, you know, like 19,000 people at Pepsi Center. It's going to be more difficult to. Um, it's going to be more difficult to uh, make that judgment until people are really, really reach herd immunity. Uh, you allow for there's more allowances for outdoor events. Um, there's less restrictions on outdoor concerts right now. They've, they've decided to lift that up. So keep that in mind <clears throat> as you talk about this. Um, the Denver Nuggets are are in a position, and the Avalanche are in a position where they're in, playing indoor, and it's just until more people get vaccinated, I don't see restrictions on a large indoor events getting lifted. I'm, I just, I just don't. So you're looking for me. I'm looking at next year before we get to full capacity. I mean, we're talking fall when the next season starts. Um, I think that will be the next time we'll be able to be seeing more than 4,500 people in there. They may increase it by a bit, but honestly, until they either they get uh, vaccine, quote-unquote, passports approved, or until they uh, um, to get only vaccinated people inside the arena, uh, which I see is a would be problematic, um, if unless they do that, or uh, you know unless they we reach a magical level of herd immunity where cases go way, way, way down. I just don't see them doing that until next fall. I, I really don't. All right. Johnny Baboon on Twitter says, why do you think Malone won't speak up in the media about how Jokic is reft? Uh, this is a complicated question. I think, I think that he has in certain ways. I, I, I want to give Michael Malone credit for, Answering uh, Matt Moore's question to him in Zoom uh, a couple or game before last about his frustration with Jokic being uh, Jokic being uh, the the level of frustration with Jokic's uh, the way he's refed. Um, I spoke about this a couple of months ago on the uh, on the Morecast. Um, we are at a interesting point now where. Jokic is getting the Shaquille O'Neal treatment, and that's a good thing, but what it means is that he's very hard to ref, and guys who are very hard to ref tend to either get too many fouls called on the opposing team or too little, and Jokic is in the latter category here, and I don't know how the NBA solves it because he is so different. I, and I, I pointed this out before. This is a league full of chuckers now. And, and re, NBA refs are used to the lack of hand check affecting certain things. They're, la, they're used to the lack of, of ability to guard perimeter players. And they're not used to this. Because they NBA altered rules specifically to make post-play limited. Starting in 2001 all the way to 2005. It is a deliberate action by the NBA to limit post-play. So NBA refs now are not used to it. And Joel Embiid gets more of the benefit of the doubt because he's a face-up player. 
Jokic isn't a manner of speaking because he passes a lot of from the faces up. But when he gets down in the blocks and he's in, when, and when he's backing down, it, it, they let people beat up on him. And it's the same thing that happened to Shaquille O'Neal. And it's hard to ref people like that. So there's a lot of different factors going on. I think they will get better. But as far as Michael Malone goes, uh, I do have some, le- some levels of frustration about the way he is reluctant to get fined. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what he makes. I'm not going to make a value judgment on his salary as, pertain- as it pertains to uh, um, as it pertains to getting fined. No one wants to get fined, but some, at some point you got to stick up for your players. And he does, in a manner of speaking, but he never goes as far as I want him to. And maybe that's just a personal Jeff thing. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he's saving up his ammunition until the playoffs. I don't know. But I do wish he would be a little more forceful when Jokic is getting the crap beat out of him. I really do. And it seems like he's very reluctant to do that. Maybe he's not wanting to waste it right now. Who knows? But I'm going to be curious to see what happens. It's going to be very curious. Okay, before I continue with the final question, uh, courtesy of the very loud birds right now, by the way. Oh, my God, they're loud today. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. Golfers are back in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. DraftKings, DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you at the center of the action by giving you a shot to land the green. Land in the green, excuse me. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from the weekend tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. The 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get all of the action you and choose from the golfer of uh, the golfer. Your golfer, excuse me, before the tournament tees off Thursday morning. Download top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 this weekend's tur- of this weekend's tournament, that's code MHS to turn $1 into $100. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, final question is from my friend Ryan Green. Uh, and this came via DM on Twitter. And I don't know what that high-pitched noise is, but I'm hoping it fades here. Um, okay. Got to get to this question. Professional podcaster here. Okay. All right. Uh, I said, does the recent success from the new starting five have something to do with the teams having a small sample size of how to attack it, or is it really just that good? I thought there would be a learning curve, but it seems like they've played the all season together. Okay. Uh, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good question, Ryan. I I think there is something that has surprised everyone, and that surprise is the fact that this has gelled so quickly. I don't. I don't. I don't think you're alone in this. Um, I think it has surprised the Nuggets themselves. Okay, the Nuggets themselves. I don't think expected it to get this good this quickly, and it's one of those things that I think. 
if you look if you look at the chemistry coming into this, there may be a little bit of Aaron Gordon having a point to prove and willingness to blend in, combined with the fact that the Nuggets are very good, the Nuggets front office, specifically Tim Conley, is very good at his job, and Ruffle Juke, and Calvin Booth, and uh, Tommy Balsettis, uh, all those guys in the front office knowing what the hell they're doing. And I think that really plays a big part of it. They spent a lot of time researching before the trade Aaron Gordon's willingness to adapt. And I think that plays a huge, huge part of this equation. The Nuggets don't have uh, the luxury of taking too many risks outside of second-round draft picks, uh, going for Michael Porter Jr., things like where you can afford to give people time. Uh, Free agency and trade risks are are a much bigger gambit for a team that is in a mid-market like the Nuggets. And you got to really cover your bases. And the Nuggets really did this with with Gordon. Who knows what's going to happen in the future or what, what even Gordon wants to do, right? But as for right now, the fit is seamless, and that is a tribute to the Nuggets knowing what the hell they're doing coming into this. Um, obviously, some of it is, and most of it, to be honest with you, is Aaron Gordon just being willing to fit in. And quite frankly, the Nuggets saw something in Aaron Gordon, and this has been going back for a long time. Um, I, I pointed this out in the last podcast, but uh, the, the Nuggets had uh, definitely expressed a liking of Aaron Gordon going all the way back to 2014. So they've had their eye on him. They knew they knew about him. They knew they knew how good he was coming out of Arizona, and this has obviously played a factor in their ability to scout someone like Aaron Gordon and know whether, whether he is a good fit or not. And he has been an absolutely tremendous fit for this team, and it has been a revelation to see how quickly it has happened. But maybe that's all of us looking at this thinking. <laughs> from a just lay person here and thinking that the Nuggets were just stabbing in the dark here, uh, I was convinced that this would take about about five, six games for it to start looking better. I was not expecting it to be so seamless, and it has been so seamless that I, I just, it's, it's incredible. And what it has done is really unlocked a lot of different aspects of the Denver Nuggets. And I don't know necessarily if it has anything to do with... Um, the relative talents of the players, but I suspect that it does. Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter, right? But it really is Jokic, Murray, Porter. Gordon is the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, Jokic is the main ingredient. But these, are, well, maybe he's not. Maybe I mean that's a poor analogy. Maybe it's not. Maybe Gordon's not the straw. Straw. Jokic is the straw. But uh, Gordon is like the, uh, if we're mixing a drink, he's the grenadine. And he just makes it sweeter. And he makes that much better. Because we got to give, Michael Malone pointed this out in one of his press conferences last week. Uh, we're not giving enough credit to Michael Porter Jr. already being, getting a lot better prior to Gordon getting here. So I think that part we need to like look at and say, all right, that, that part is actually contributing to this mightily. And I think that is something that maybe, aside from Gordon, 
maybe we could look at this and say, Michael Porter Jr. getting better, getting a lot better in a very short time span has a lot to do with this Nugget success. And it's allowing Aaron Gordon to come in with a no-pressure situation and just do what he does. Maybe that's it. All right, everyone, thank you all for your questions. This is the late episode number two of the Outside Cast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'll be back next week with another Outside Cast answering your questions. Talk to you later. Goodbye.